Welcome to Cowl Fans, a popped off production, the casual fans home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from the first brand new studio in Tampa, Florida. I'm Alura Moore. I'm Haller. And you know what? Before we jump into everything, before we jump into the everything, happy BlizzCon. Happy BlizzCon. Post you know? but happy belated BlizzCon. It's well, you know, it's it's not just BlizzCon season. It's holiday season. I just feel like it's time to celebrate. So you know what? Okay. From me to you, happy BlizzCon. Happy BlizzCon. Happy 15-year anniversary of World of Warcraft. Oh, my gosh. Yep, that seems about right. <laughs> you so old. long. <laughs> you ain't lying. I'm not a lion. That's true. That's true. So... It's been a hectic two weeks with so many things that yes. just happened at BlizzCon. So we're going to start in BlizzCon, all right? Mm -hmm. And I think the only place that we can really start in BlizzCon is that it's the first time ever South Korea doesn't take the gold in the World Cup for Overwatch. Yeah. This year's Overwatch World Cup champions are Team USA! 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 I would have brought more like USA props if I knew we were gonna start a USA chant. I didn't I didn't plan on it. I just was like <laughs> I wore my blue shirt and my red undershirt. Look like, at us. Look, 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 at us. look at this patriotism yeah. going on. Yeah, right if here. you're listening on a podcast and not watching on YouTube, pause it and go check out us on YouTube just so you can see how patriotic we look. Because we've got red, we've got white, and we've got <laughs> <laughs> He pointed at his face when he said white, even though there are white stripes on my shirt. I guess. Yeah, we got it all, baby. We got it all. Got it all. Oh, man. This is a huge win, not just for Team USA, but yeah. for Western Overwatch in general. No, for real. I think this says a lot about what Overwatch League has done for the West. Because we talked about this on the show before, and everyone... Everyone acts like, oh, Koreans are so good, Koreans are so good, how are you gonna beat the Koreans? But a lot of, it's not like that's genetics, right? There's right. not some kind of special gene native to just Koreans that like gives them the ability to click heads better, right? Um, they just have a better infrastructure. Esports have been around in Korea longer. It's a smaller country, so everything's very concentrated. It's easy to get into that esports infrastructure. Right. And that's what really gives Korea such an edge. You could bring in other things like maybe Korean culture, um, work ethic, those sorts of things. But for the most part, you just don't have access to that kind of infrastructure your average Korean does. So even though the disparity might exist more in like the contenders regions and the lower regions, we finally see like a team who full of Overwatch League players who have been able to go through this Overwatch League structure yeah. um, have been able to come out and not only just take it to the Koreans, but actually defeat them. And especially considering out of the pool of talent that these Korean players were selected from, like it's, it's a really big achievement for these players to be able to do this and says a lot about kind of, I think, the future of Overwatch Absolutely. and the potentiality of... Um, Dominance of region. Yeah, so for sure. I feel like this just goes to show that we we really could have winners come out of any place. Yeah. We really can. And Monte Cristo tweeted something that I found very interesting and I think is very worth noting. He okay. said, this is what happens when you take all of the best talent in the whole world and drop them into a single city for a year. Yeah. 
everybody in that city gets better. Everybody in the western half of the United States who was fighting for those top spots on the ladder right. in the day-to-day -day and who grinds out Overwatch and who has aspiring to be a professional player, they all got better. And we it's reasonable for them to have gotten better. Mm -hmm. The best people in the world were suddenly playing with them yeah. every day. Yep. Right? So that just makes sense. And as we disseminate these people back into their home countries and into their home markets, if it's not their home country, I think we're going to see all around the world people get better at Overwatch, which is a great and yeah. glorious thing. Because if you think about it, like there's going to be times where talent is concentrated in China all mm -hmm. of a sudden. And it's going to be tr like heavily in the... U.S. East, they're gonna get to experience the East Coast ladder, which I don't experience at the GM level, no. but I understand is apparently kind of bonkers. Right. So they'll get to experience that. So they're gonna be able to not only just go to their home markets, but because of our traveling show kind of format that we're doing for Overwatch League 2020, they're gonna get to influence all of the quote-unquote major regions. Right. Of, of Overwatch, so that's pretty exciting too. This can only be good for Overwatch and the yeah. health of the game as a whole, as a competitive mm -hmm. thing. But, you know, I heard that there's more coming to Overwatch than just this competitive thing. Yes. Yes, we have an announcement. I've heard <coughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> We've had an announcement about Overwatch 2. No release date, no price, nope. no information as to how they're going to release it anyways. But it's happening. <coughs> Overwatch it happening. 2, it's real. It's been rumored for... Golly, like five months. E even before then, last BlizzCon Overwatch 2 was being rumored. This has been a long time coming, and it looks great. It does. It looks very good. So it's got a general... Uh, visual refresh. Yes. They've added PvE missions, mm -hmm. both a storyline and some replayable missions, along with um, the ability to sort of level up your character and unlock special abilities. Yeah, so, like, like they gave an example, system. like a talent tree, as you get to the different varying levels. In addition to that, it will include a new competitive game mode, which is called Push, which is somewhere between Push the Payload and Tug of War. Yeah, it's basically if control, what control is to assault, um, push is to escort. Yeah, kind of. It, it's control around a payload, mostly, just about. Basically. So it's a very interesting idea. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very excited to see how it works out. Yeah, and it's go. It's like it's going to be a game that you're going to play in quick play and competitive, and it's going to be in the Overwatch League. This right. is like an actual game mode. It's not like capture the flag or something that's just going to the arcade. Now, nobody has heard word as to when Overwatch Two will actually release, but it does. It did sound like that this game mode is going to be in the Overwatch League this season. It didn't sound like that to me. Okay. I, I think we don't see push until, until 2021. 2021. Okay. That's, At the earliest. That makes sense to me. I, I, I'm getting some mixed reviews as you go through tweets and stuff because I didn't yeah. watch it live. I didn't see all the information. Okay. And I've tried to sort of been finding the articles, but right. it's, it's, it's a little hard to decipher if you're just looking for it. It is, because they weren't, they weren't very clear on right. things. But basically they said um, that they're not, they don't have an 
a release date yet. So you assume they don't have a release date at this BlizzCon, they're probably gonna wait for the next BlizzCon to announce it, right? That's kind of what you would guess. But they sense. also said there will be one new hero between now and Overwatch 2. And when I hear that, I'm like, Overwatch 2 must be coming fairly soon. Right. If they're only gonna release one hero, right? Sure. Like if you release one hero over the next two years, you yeah. fear that your game's gonna get a little stale. Sure. So I'm thinking maybe like a year time frame, so maybe release date at something like um, E3, but Blizzard usually doesn't have a presence there, but maybe they do something like that. Um, and then, because I would like to see, I, no matter what, I want to see Overwatch 2 come out immediately after Overwatch League ends. Is that what you want to see? I want the entire off-season to be available for pros to start to get accustomed to the new heroes and the new maps. Yeah, I wouldn't want to, even if I saw Overwatch 2 released, I wouldn't want to see it introduced to the League until the end of this League. Yes, like if it came out like right before stage four, they should not go right on the Overwatch League too. They should. That's that's too much. Like I understand you want them to be on the live patch. That's too much for professionals that just that's jump nuts. into after like a week break. Yeah, and, and they uh, don't even really have breaks this year. Like that's that, true. So it's hyper true, and what they're <laughs> gonna do patches and stuff is already kind of in the air and a little confusing. Yeah. So, but <clears throat> it's not just BlizzCon season. It's all around off-season, and there are trades with various teams working very hard to pick up the best players. And mm -hmm. so I want to talk about, um, I want you to talk about, rather, okay. what Philly's doing right now. Because <sighs> I've been watching your Twitter in particular, saying that you have feelings. Yes, okay, because I know everyone's talking about Philadelphia. <laughs> Look how stacked this roster is. Look how good, and, and it is stacked. You, so let's let's go over the players first. Okay. So we can see how stacked it is, and then let's just. I'm concerned that it's maybe not stacked in the right ways. So we've got for main tank just Sato, off tank Poco and Fury, formerly of the London Spitfire. Right. Has now been traded. Um, DPS is profit. They re got EQO after getting rid of EQO. Uh, and then they also picked up Ivy from the Defiant. Right. Um, they've got Funny Astro from Atlanta Academy, and then Alarm, the expected pickup from Fusion University. They promoted him to the main roster, and they've still got Boombox. So that's nine players. Sure. Really, really good players. But it's like most of their best players play the same roles. And um, it concerns me a lot. Like, at first, I was really excited about, like, a lot of these announcements that we saw. And then it was, like, Fury came up, and I was just confused at that point. Like, you already have Poco, who's probably, like, a top five off-tank player. And then you get Fury, who's also a top five off-tank player. Like, do you really need two top five off-tank players on the same team? Like, it's, it's a little concerning to me how they're gonna balance that. Um, and Philadelphia Fusion, to me, in the past, has not shown good roster balance. Um, hashtag free Fraggy, right? Fraggy sure. was never played. Um, we had problems with, especially when they picked up Kib and we were in like double projectile meadows during certain weeks of week four. We right. still kept Carpe in when EQO, in the early weeks of 
stage four was looking like the better Hanzo. Mm -hmm. Then we subbed Carpe in. Carpe wasn't having that same impact on Hanzo, but EQO was stuck on the May, which was a less impactful role um, compared to the Hanzo, where they could have probably put Kib on the May and then let EQO play Hanzo and been better, but they seem reluctant to sub out Carpe. They see this is a team that always, to me, has been reluctant to sub people out and likes to play their starting sick. Yeah. So. Them having a deep roster, I think, is good and can make them potentially compete. But only if they have the front office who knows how right. to do it. And then they, they like even picked up depth in the weird spots. Like you have this amazing player, Poco, um, prob potentially best Western flex support. Like Space is the only other person who's even in that conversation, or flex tank. Right. Um, and now you bring in potentially the best Korean flex tank as well, like how do you decide who you're gonna play there? And then you also have BQO, probably undoubtedly the best Western flex DPS. I think only hydration and, oh, Nero comes into that conversation. His but, ability's not coming into that conversation at all? Uh, I think he, I think he can, I, but I don't think he's there right now. Sure, that um, seems fair. I think he has the potential to be, but it's, it's like, and then you bring in Ivy, who has literally an identical hero pool to EQO. So it's like adding depth into already your strongest areas, and then you have your weak points, like main tank was your weakest point last year. Yeah. And you're still running with Sato. Like, I understand Sato had a really good stage four and is supposed to be this great, amazing player. He had the boosting service and whatever, so like clearly he's good at the game. Right. Um, but he did not show it at all last year. And like, if anyone needed some depth added to their role. It was Sato. It was, it was main tank and Sato. Well, there's still three empty slots. And yeah, there's still, there's still time for these things to come through. But you remember, you have to be picking up six different visas for your players. That's why the off season ends, or like you're supposed to have your starting eight by next Friday. So we have like a week and four days until yeah. everyone should have a starting eight. So they, you really need to kind of be getting these players now that you're planning to have at the start. Right. So unless it's something like I talked to uh, Ramsey's a little bit out about this. Shout out to the guys over at Push the Point. Um, but we were talking about like maybe they're trying to pick up something like Mag, like someone from Runaway, because Runaway in general has been pretty quiet about their right. players being picked up, and then it would make sense because he can't really play until June. That's when he turns 18. Mm. So maybe it's a player like that. I think that would be a sick pickup, but I I'm concerned about where they have depth. I think Funny Astro is a little unproven. Neptuno was already one of the best, if not the best. Like, okay, he was also a top three probably Western main support. So like they got rid of talent in weird areas and they brought in Funny Astro, who I know a lot of, like Reddit seems to love the guy, but I'm, I'm not sold on Funny Astro Reddit is not yet. a great, Reddit is not a great player salesman. Yeah, especially on Lucio's. They just like Reddit Lucio's. They like people who do fancy wall rides and boop people. That's true. Which is only relevant on very specific maps. A lot of the other times like, how's this, how's this teamwork is, how is that going to be? How is he setting up plays with his boobs, like right. a la a moth or a slime, something like that? Mm -hmm. So I, I have a lot of questions about this Philadelphia Fusion roster. And I, I want to see more depth added throughout this offseason. All right, all right. But lots of potential. Yeah. So the other team that I really want to talk about is Valiant. 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, here we just we're going from Philadelphia Fusion, where frustrations, but still stacked full of star names, big player names. Uh huh. La Valiant. Um, do Do you want to just do you have a list of the player names? You want to just read those off for for our viewers? Do I have a list of the player names here? Yeah, you would. I've got all kinds of things on this list. I have no idea what I'm doing. Right there. Okay, McGravy renews contract. Uh-huh. Dreamer, apply, slur, Lastro, join the Valley. Yes. So the, the classic, classic hyped-up names like Slur and, and Dreamer. Yeah, I've never heard of these people. <laughs> yeah. Um, it seems weird. Um, so Dreamer is from the Oceanic region. He's from the Sydney Drop Bears, which oh. last time I checked, I haven't really touched base with the Oceanic Contenders in region in probably about a year. But back when I last checked in, that was a good team. Sydney Drop Bears are very dominant. Um, Trill came from there, I do believe. So um, Color Hex okay. as well, if I remember right. So good team. Yeah. So Dreamer coming from that team. Kind of positive, but also, was there really no other main tanks out there? Um, I don't remember. Lastro, I think, is from Sky Foxes. Slur, I think, comes from Samsung Morningstars over in EU. Right. Um, so, like, none of these players seem bad. But none okay. of them seem great. Yeah, like, there's no star player out of any of these. So, like, I would maybe want to see one or two of these sorts of players on a team at a time. But a whole team of them, I'm a little concerned about how they're going to do in the Overwatch League, especially when teams seem to be getting stacked on stacked on stacked on stacked. Right. Like, I do think it's worth, they, they've renewed McGravy's contract. McGravy right. is a known, solid piece of a puzzle. But even back in when he was on the Florida Mayhem, like, he had that really good debut, but his strengths were... His strengths were all in being defensive, like, right. eating ults, those sorts of things, but we would talk about, even on the show, he yeah. very lacked in offensive capability. It's true, it's true, but if they have some good... I mean, we know that the Valiant are able to coach players into good things, and they've renewed right. their head coach, Packing 10 is back again. That's true. So if they've got this same coaching structure mm -hmm. who can push players, and they pushed through an 07, 07 stage one to right. finally come back and have a... And, and what, they made a playoff run, right? Or did they just they, barely they miss They just it? missed it. They just missed just it. Just missed the play-in tournament. Right. Just missed it. So, I mean, just the fact that they came back from that at all, though. Yeah, was kind but of it was kind of crazy that they got that close, yeah. Right? So we've got a guy here who's able to put together pieces of puzzles like and get teams mm -hmm. on their way in a good direction. So to, to know that to know that about the coach, to know that McGravy was working with them last year and he's right. here again tells me that he's probably the like, star player with a question I guess, mark. At I guess the end so, of it. yeah. Like it's, it's it's really going to come down to the coaching staff mm -hmm. for sure. Because I mean, but before like you had space. Right. He's an amazing player. You had Kareev playing out of his mind. Like a lot of the reason that Valiant had the run that they did was Kareev just hitting bonkers sleep darts. sleep darts from across the like crazy what this guy was doing, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and, and they're not going to have these sorts of players anymore. You don't have your agilities. And, like, who's who's going to be picking up 
that mantle, like, and especially none of these players are DPS who are going to be a DPS, DPS player. Oh, right. Apply is a DPS. Sorry. He's literally a flex DPS. I forgot about Apply for a second. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm not as hot on Apply. Yeah. Um, I, especially even back in the Florida, or back when they were Mayhem Academy, when I'd watch Mayhem Academy play before Florida even announced that Apply was being brought up to the main roster, sure. way, way back before last season. Like, when I watched that roster, I thought Shax was the standout player. Right. Um, and Shax is gone now. Well. Because he was on the Valiant, too, for a while. I don't, I don't think they've the officially released or announced him. Okay. Uh, him, KSF, and Custa are still floating in nothing. Mm. So maybe KSF, Shax, maybe they come back. and That's still a decent line. I'm just, I'm worried that it's going to be this owl caliber team like right now to me like i'm seeing a team that's peaking at 15 or 14. can maybe do better than last place but i i just i don't see this team winning the league and making playoffs sure that seems fair so and we've already talked about what i think the implications of that means for a city where they have two teams especially with the moves that gladiator has been making officially picking up og and space they seem to be really really looking like a great team yes agreed so i valiant are really gonna have to figure out how they do well enough to to keep their fans from jumping ship yep all right so gotta gonna go through through something here we have a mystery on our hands it's gross get it off Ew. the mystery is gross it's on our hands get it off oh i don't want it on my hands Jeez. who's jerry who is Jerry. Who is Jerry? It's, it's interesting. Apparently, he's from Meta Athena. Meta Athena, last time I checked, they still exist. Yeah. Um, I can't remember how they're doing in Contenders or if they've been doing well at all. Because um, they've been poached a lot for the Overwatch League. I don't, I don't remember hearing Meta Athena mentioned once and. I dabbled in Korean contenders over the past, like, year. Right. But Jerry is on the Boston Uprising. Along with Myunbong. Which is a huge pickup. Yeah. So it's a very surprising sequence of announcements. <laughs> so Huck did this, like, live stream, and he said he was going to announce some players, and he announces two. First, he announces Myunbong, which was um, already leaked amongst the community that such a thing had happened. There had been a couple articles about it from two different sources. Right. So... Wasn't that big of a surprise and was an impressive pickup, honestly, by Boston. He was one of the, if not the most, um, probably like right behind Sparkle, the biggest um, name in Korean contenders that like people were trying to pick up. Um, and definitely the biggest flex support, um, without a doubt. So it was very interesting to see a team like Boston be able to land that huge pickup. And apparently, like, Huck just kind of, like, cut the line. Everyone was like, oh, we're going to try him out and see how he does in our team. And he just walks up into that management and is like, I want Myungbong. And they're like, oh, oh, you, you, oh, you, oh, okay. Um, uh, all right, all right, all right, uh, uh, just, uh, okay, just give us the contract and we're going to, we're going to sign him. And uh, apparently that's how it went down. So apparently, like, significantly lower offer than probably what he could have gotten just because right. Boston was so quick to the punch. But I'm... You get worried, because Boston seems to have a history of picking up amazing Korean flex support players that don't mesh well with their team. 
sure. the fact that they picked up an amazing Korean flex DPS or flex support player and did not trial him with their team before doing so. So you literally don't know how he's gonna mesh. Stop it, Boston. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, I, I don't think the third, hopefully the third time's the charm here. Cause you're, you're running out of chances. It's true. Um, but like, good pickup, but be careful. Don't, don't mess this one up. But you better like, I don't know, like start bringing some kimchi to the office, like make these Korean players feel at home. Because what, what you've been doing ain't been working for him. Um, but if they could integrate him, should be great for him. But then they also got Jerry, another Korean player, which is interesting. And he, he looks like a kind gentleman. That's all you got. That's all I got. Um, I think, I can't even remember if he played, I think he plays Hitscan. I don't remember. Um, I think, oh, you know why I think he mostly plays Hitscan? Because... Most of his data is from GOAT, so it's like signature heroes are like Zarya and D.Va mm. on Liquipedia. So I, I don't know anything about Jerry. Um, I want to say I don't doubt Boston scouting, but after your last year, I don't really doubt Boston scouting. Yeah, that seems fair. That but seems fair. They do try. <laughs> I, I don't doubt that they tried and recognized something in Jerry. So I'm interested to see how Jerry shows up, especially since they traded Blase to the Houston Outlaws. They've, they've got some holes to fill. Yeah, yeah. So, Youngjin, a fantastic oh. Chinese mm -hmm. player. He's a Chinese player, right? Um, he played for a Chinese team, but he's Korean. He played for a Chinese team. Youngjin, a fantastic player yep. who happened to play in China, <laughs> is retiring. Yeah, kind of sad. He was... Um, Undisputedly, at points, at certain points last season, like the uh, the best Doomfist yeah. that we had. Um, once Doomfist became more meta, it was more up for debate, but he was still in the conversation. Absolutely. Um, great player, really kind of the rock of the Shanghai Dragons, I think. Um, you, Anytime they subbed out Youngjin, Shanghai didn't seem to have the same bite. Um, he provided flexibility that DM and Ding just didn't Don't have. Um, he always just seemed to be able to fill the role that his team needed. Um, so it really feels like just this heart of Shanghai has kind of been ripped out. At least the Shanghai of last season and then when they were Kongdu Panthera before that. Definitely kind of, you know, it's a, it's a sour feeling. Seeing like a play a player that could go. It's never it's never fun seeing a player retire, but it's especially not fun when it's like someone with so much potential, yeah. who you know is so good to see them just kind of in their prime kind of leave. It always um, always feels bad to kind of see that that great potential go unfulfilled. So definitely sad to see to see young Jin goes, but uh, yeah. wish him the best and it's a little unfortunate yeah. that, um, and I'm, I've, been, I've been singing this song for a while. I'm going to keep singing it. <clears throat> Things like this tend in traditional sports to happen at younger ages. Yes. You know, I've been playing the Very game true. for a few years. After doing it for a few years and basically being on the grind and going to practice every day, right. it's killing me. Forget it. And then they quit in high school or, or middle college. school or college. Yeah. Somewhere where... Maybe it's publicized a little, but not like to the scale that it is here or in right. a professional league. And it, it's kind of unfortunate that, you know, path to pro anywhere 
the minor league of any other sports league. Not great. Yeah. Not a very public event. Not the biggest deal. Nobody really cares. And that continues to be the case here for contenders, if we're honest with ourselves. And that's okay. Yeah. But we really need to be promoting a little bit some of these. There are plenty of high school leagues as well as collegiate leagues. Right. And that really needs to be something that we're uh, advocating for for the long-term health of the league. Because if in the long term people just see people retiring out of the league after a year or two mm -hmm. in there and go, forget it, I can't do it anymore, we're not gonna we're not gonna have people want to join the league anymore. Yeah. So we we really need to sort of start getting those in place a little better. Yeah, and just players need to be able to be start being exposed early to the rigors of Overwatch League. Because for the a lot of players, of professional. Yeah, because for a lot of players, event. like they never worked a job, uh, and then contenders maybe isn't especially depending on the team, the type of team you're on, like isn't quite as rigorous. You're doing it from the comfort of your house. There's a lot of other things going on yep. Um, yep. where when you make this jump to the Overwatch League, it's a, it's a huge leap. You don't take these little baby steps up. It's just kind of like it's just, oh, here I, we are. I'm playing in my pajamas when I get home from school for a few hours, just like I would any day to now this is my full-time job. Yep. Um, and, and, and then some. It's like more than most people would work in a full-time job, more hours that you have to put in. So it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to expect. And now travel's going to be added on. We expect to see more retirements. I hope they don't happen, but it just kind of seems like the nature of the thing. It's inevitable, especially with it being, especially with it being the homestand concept, right? Homestand yeah. is, I, I, while it may be great financially mm -hmm. for the teams and for the league, it is not great for the players. Homestand is going to be rough. I think it's going to depend on the players, too. Um, sure. As someone who's like done things and traveled around a lot, a lot, I know for some people that's great. Like, And it's actually a wonderful thing to go to, to, go to different cities. It helps keep things fresh. You feel more energized because you're always going to a new place rather than just staying in the same place the whole time. Um, but for other people, that's not that's not the case. That's going right. to really drain on them. So yeah. So having a, having half your half a, half of your games in a home market where you live and stay and eat right. and do your things day to day would have been a real blessing. And I think I think we're going to see. I think any of the teams who thought that this homestand thing was a good idea, if they still think a homestand concept is a good idea for the 2021 season. I'm going to go ahead and say that those teams are have no idea what's happening to their players. Because mm. for the most part, that kind of travel all the time, that's going to just that's going to especially between time zones, it's going to be hard. You know, there's nothing that's going to be there's no way that comes out as as good for the majority of them. Yeah, I understand there's people who just thrive off of that. Mm -hmm. But there's no way that it's going to be the case for most of them. Most of them I definitely it's going to weigh on Mm -hmm. So, um, especially for such a long season, right? For sure. So, one more, one more big announcement here. Um, we got a report by the illustrious, always trustworthy Jacob Wolf. Jacob Wolf, people. Jacob, Jacob Wolf, Wolf, people. Jacob Wolf. ESPN. ESPN. He's reported flat out moving to Shanghai. This feels. Yep. It almost feels like this coming from left field. Right. You consider that Young Jin's retiring. He's makes from a little Shanghai. more sense, Maybe right? Makes a little more sense, but Fleta's a hit scan, isn't he? Fleta, Fleta is a very flexible player, so that's kind of the benefit he would bring to his team. Okay. Um. So because Fleta, Fleta's hero pool is deep, this boy can play a lot of heroes. So bringing some like someone like that to Shanghai is 
is very, is, should be a boon. However, I wanted to ask you, and then hearing you say that is interesting. Who, when you think of Fleta, what heroes come to mind? Tracer? Okay. I'm, not, I'm not real sure why, but <laughs> Tracer comes to my mind. Really? Yeah. Okay. Never mind. This is an awful experiment. <laughs> so I'm the worst. For me, <laughs> Tracer. They, they they always played like Munch. They had Munchkin and what's his face on a rotating Tracer. Oh, to Munchkin's pair with the Tracer. Yeah. Oh no. I don't even remember who the other guy was, but they like had two Tracers. You're that right. They, that they swapped between over and over. I remember that and now. That was like and Fleta played every other hero. Yeah. When I think of Fleta, oh gosh. <laughs> I think of Widowmaker. And I think of Farah. Those are the two players, like, Fleta can play everything, but when I think of, like, Fleta's best heroes, those are the two that come to mind. And while I'm, I think... Widowmaker would have been my number two, by the way. Okay. <laughs> you just only asked me for one. <laughs> it's heroes. What heroes come to mind? I'm sorry. Because I wanted you to hopefully name two. Um, see if you'd get Widowmaker and Farah. But that's, like, personally who I think of. Sure. Like, as Farah is always japping on control, and then um, his Widowmaker was popping off throughout the inaugural season. And like, oh, there sure. were spots of maps that people called like Fleta's spots. Yeah. That you'd hear in some of the pro interviews, like his, his, his Widow was pretty famous. Right. Um, so I'm glad that Shanghai has picked up a flexible DPS player. I think they need it. I'm just not sure Fleta's the best one. Like, I feel like Fleta's potential isn't gonna be able to be fully realized on the Shanghai Dragons. Because here he is with these two best heroes. Now, let's see if we could do this. DM, Shanghai Dragons, who's his best hero? Widowmaker. All right. Ding, Shanghai Dragons, who's his best hero? Sombra. Behind Sombra. <laughs> Farah. There we go. So, like, I yeah. feel like we're not going to be able to see Fleta on his best heroes. Like, you always have to make the choice. Like, who are you going to play on Farah? Because Fleta's Farah is amazing, but so is Ding. DM's Widow is amazing, so is Fleta's. And, like, Fleta has Fleta a bunch of other really good heroes. can <laughs> apparently just play the world's best Tracer. But I didn't say world's best. I said world's best. <laughs> I mean, I guess you didn't, but Fleta is generally considered, like, a world-class a world caliber player. So, <laughs> anyway, um, I, I feel like they could have picked up other flex DPS players who have their strongest heroes be different heroes than what the existing players that they have already right. are their hero pool as well. So, like, good pickup, but I think, I, I, feel, I still feel like it could have gone better for Shanghai and Fleta. Yep. Yep. So, um, so... That's, uh, that's all I have in my notes, but, you know, I remembered that you were talking about changes to the way the league is going to be run. Like, there's a mid-season tournament. Yes! And okay. we're, are we not, we're not going to have map, guaranteed map fours every time anymore? Yeah, so the, yeah let's definitely talk so about that. Hit, I so want to hit those real quick. So we've changed the structure of how the 2020 season is going to work. Like, like you just said, so instead of doing... You have to play every four maps. Oh, and you're you, so off guard and when then, I said that. Yeah, I was like trying to. There's, there's been so much information, I couldn't just pull it off the top of my head what you were referencing to. Yeah. But instead of like last season, we'd have a quick 3 0 when Shang, Shang, um, this San Francisco Shock would play the Florida Mayhem, right? Yeah. You'd be at a quick 3 0, and then you'd have to listen to Malik talk about every map matters or something like that and be like, okay, sure. And then 
watch yourself get stomped on map four. Right. Um, there will now no longer be a map four. It's now all series will be best first to three, best of five or first to three, however you like to call it. Um, and once once you get three wins, it's over. So if it's a three zero, you don't play that fourth map. I'm okay with this. Um, there, for the most part, maps will start on control throughout every stage half. However, we're dividing up the season. Um, and instead of there being a limited map pool for control, since control is going to be extra kind of emphasized, since it'll always be a guaranteed one of the three maps, where if you're playing a three-map series, you're not going to necessarily play the fourth map type. Right. Um, they want to have every control map in the pool. So all five control maps will be okay. playable. Um, and then, yeah, as you said, there's going to be a mid-season tournament, so we weren't sure, because they, they got rid of... Hold on, hold on. We're not done with the maps yet. So the maps aren't always going to be in the same order for everybody, for map types. No. So it should be a rotating schedule. I'm not sure how it's going to rotate, if it's going to be game to game, which is kind of what I'm expecting, okay. um, or homestand to homestand. But like one day you'll play um, control, assault, escort, hybrid, and then the next day it might be hybrid... Escort assault or something. Sure. Like that. Okay. 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 I'm following. So. Okay. You, you don't really know how it's gonna work. Because we don't really there's know no guaranteed yet. map four. This makes sure that everybody yes. has to play all the map types. Because that way, if you always had a certain map type as map four, teams wouldn't practice it as much, because and you wouldn't see it as much in the Overwatch League. So they want to make sure that every map type is still being played. Okay. Um, even if even in three O scenarios. Understood. So they're gonna make sure that those are rotating. Okay. Good I'm with that. you. All right. Um, and then the other big announcement was going to be the midseason tournament. So they got rid of stage playoffs because there's not really stages this year. Right. Because instead of the entire league taking breaks at the same time, there's scheduled breaks for different teams at different points. Right. So except for the all-star break in the middle, there's a midseason break or the all-star break where there's going to be the all-star tournament. Um, we, there, we've heard suggestions mostly amongst the talent team of there being maybe a mid-season tournament to kind of have that stage playoff-esque sure. scenario. And it looks like they've decided to do that. Um, how they're going to figure out where it's hosted, things like that, not sure. Probably the same place they're hosting the All-Star game, which is who knows. Right. Um, but basically, you'll have your top two... Your top team from each division, so Pacific and Atlantic, will automatically place in, and then somehow they're going to have a wild card as well to get the third and fourth slots. Not specific on how that wild card is decided, but okay. they suggested that the wild card is there, so if the next two best teams are both from the Pacific region, two Pacific teams would be able to get in. So right. not sure there's going to be a mini tournament before that gotcha. or how they're deciding that. But, but basically there's going to be cards. four teams in it. But ultimately, yeah, there'll be four teams. So compete in a semifinal and a final. And we'll kind of get our a, a bit of a stage playoff. It still feels like a bit of a loss compared to last season, especially when we Absolutely. had the eight-team eight tournaments. Yeah. Because in this scenario, we never would have had Shanghai Dragons win stage three. Yep. Because they came in as the eighth seed. But... Definitely positive, more positive than nothing at all. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It does, it does feel like a step back. Everything feels like a step back right now because of this weird, the way the scheduling is working and all those different things. Like, just... with, with 
localization, we've made a giant leap forward, but we leaped so fast that a lot of things kind of fell out of our pockets. Well, I get, I, I, yeah. You can do it. I feel like a lot of our problem here is Blizzard is holding, or the League, because I, I guess the League also acts as its own entity, so however you want to talk about it. Sure. Are holding things really close to their chest here. Yes. And right now, that is stifling us a little bit. Because mm -hmm. they're determined to be taking care of all the broadcasts, which yep. means that, <clears throat> first off, if something goes wrong, we all get to blame them and none of the teams because they're the ones taking care of it all. Which is kind of a downer because a lot of these markets have great broadcasting teams already there who could easily put together and run one of these broadcasts and have it be no issue if Blizzard would just go, yep, you go ahead and hire, hire one of the better broadcasting teams in your area. We just want to approve them. Boom. That could have been way easier. Mm -hmm. You know? And so that's... That's hurting us a little bit. And then just the fact that they said they, they had one idea, they shifted to another as far as the way they wanted to jump into localization. Right. If we had not gone the homestand route, but instead gone the home, home and away game. games yeah. route, and, and we just let these people sort of take care of their own business, and we could have had those scheduled breaks be better off. We could have had designated sites for, even for tournaments for stages still. Really right. wouldn't have been all that difficult because all that traveling that would have been happening, what's one more flight? It's nothing. Yeah, and I think I think they still could have done that, um, all but things considered. It's really hard to do it, though, when everybody has to constantly be playing to make it work in the homestand environment. When everybody can play this week, and maybe a couple teams have a week off, but they all just play, even if it's on the same day because they don't have to, because they're all playing in different places all over the sure. world. You don't have to go, oh, shoot, we missed one, you know? Right. Instead, what you've got is you've got two events happening two days in a row where everybody's playing at these two places. They have to go back to 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 back. And if you want to give people breaks, you've got to constantly be giving them breaks. They really kind of hurt themselves in this area. It's nice in some aspects because it means as we move closer to home and away games, if we get to something that looks like stage tournaments again that'll feel really great yes we got them back but right it also right now just feels like oh we lost them and we didn't gain you know us florida fans we didn't gain 14 games in our home markets and lose the lose the stage tournaments right right we got Shoot. two homestand weekends yep which we may or may not be able to attend because of distance and scheduling you only have those two opportunities to get there. You don't have 14 chances at it. Yep. That doesn't feel as good. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. So nothing about this is going to feel great to the fans right now, I think. I think this, and, and I think that's mostly because Blizzard was just like, mine. Right. Or Overwatch League. Personally, I really like the homestand schedule. So I don't, I don't have too much issue with, with the whole just having two big events rather than 14 smaller events. Sure. Um, that doesn't offend me as much. But I think this has been a problem in the past with the Overwatch League throughout its history, is keeping things close to the chest. And it's like awkward as a fan when you're trying to kind of prepare things, understand what's going on. Um, heck, even schedule vacations, take time off. Um, 
like if you want to go to the all-star event or things like that you want you want to be able to buy tickets early especially right. like in the west we like to plan our vacations out six months year to advance um, but they tend to keep this stuff very close to the chest. Like I remember like last year they had started the community countdown or whatever. And like for a while we were like, is there even going to be a preseason? And they didn't talk about it for literally until like two weeks before the yeah, league and then started. All of a sudden, here we go. There's and a preseason right now. And it's like, it's a community countdown. It's not even really a real preseason. And then Nate was upset at the teams and like, well, why didn't you communicate better to the teams? Well, you wanted it to be happening. Right. Um, so I think I think they do keep too much close, but I guess they're always I guess things are always kind of constantly changing in their conversations. They haven't even really decided. Right. But there's still some figuring out to do for sure. It's a it's a baby league. Right. But a, a little bit of openness here. Yeah, a little more transparency a, for your fans. Way. It would would be nice. Yeah, and it doesn't even need to be a lot. A little bit will go a long way. Yep. Overwatch League. I'm talking to you, Pete Veselikalikalik. I was going to correct you and say his name properly and then realized I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Vlaselica, but... Vaseline. That's not as much fun. <laughs> all right, so that's it. That's all of our stuff. We hit all our big hot topics. Yep, right. and there's still a lot of things we, we didn't discuss. We didn't even discuss Paris picking up Sparkle. We kind of touched on that last time though yeah so didn't go into that too much in depth but that was crazy there's a lot happening in the league and there's about to be a lot more happening again i cannot reiterate this month a week from now anyone who has not signed their team option well hold on a week from now oh. anyone who has not accepted their team option is a free agent and then four days from then is the deadline right. for um having eight players on a roster. So in a and, week and four days, we should have a lot of news. Yeah, because as far as we know, the only team that has officially announced eight players is the Philadelphia Fusion. Right. Nobody else, like you're assuming San Francisco Shock's gonna keep their however many players they have, nine or 10, uh, now that they lost Nevix, but they're probably gonna keep the rest of them. Vancouver Titans probably keeping their whole roster. New York keeping the majority of theirs. So like, you're kind of assuming some people have their stuff, but like even teams like Florida Mayhem, we only have seven. Something needs to happen in the next week and a half yeah. for the Florida Mayhem. Um, there's there's, there's going to be a lot. So keep your eyes peeled. Follow teams. We... Follow Overwatch League. Follow us. We're yeah. going to be talking about it. And when we come back together next, we'll have all that news for you right here. Yeah. It, uh, it should be hopefully. Hopping. I think I think it's going to be hopping. It's going to be popping. It will be jopping. Oh, jopping. Wow. So, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Big thank you to Popped Off for all the support and help. They're the reason we're available on all the platforms we are. Please remember, we're available on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and basically every major podcasting platform for yep. the most part. So, um, come and give us a listen. Come and give us a watch. Come and enjoy Overwatch League. But I already us. have a watch. You don't need to give me another. Come and enjoy Overwatch League <laughs> with us. And ignore, and ignore Howler just a little, <laughs> but not all the time, because most of the time he's the smarter one. May, please make sure to follow us on socials for all sorts of news and behind-the-scenes looks. I say I have that written in there, but I haven't posted behind-the-scenes in forever. I need to take that out of there. Just make sure to follow us on socials. It's cool, okay? We're cool. We're active on Twitter. Follow us there. Yeah, uh, at Howler, at Allurimore, and at our show page, at Cowlfans. We're at Cowlfans on every social media platform. Yep. So... Once again, thank you. I'm Alura Moore. I'm Haller. And you have been tuned into Cowboy Fans. We'll see you next time.